620 CKRM is proud to be your official voice of the Saskatchewan Roughriders and your home for the hottest sports show anywhere. It's a new era for sports talk in Saskatchewan. Welcome to the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. All right, welcome to this last show of the week brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Wherever you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. You can send the text in at 936-6262. That's our text line powered by Capital Ford Lincoln, located at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, number one Ford dealership in the province. And whenever we talk to guests on our hotline, it's powered by Western Pizza. Dinner time, game time, anytime, study time, a great time to get uh, Western Pizza. And we're joined by the outstanding color commentator on the uh, BC Lions radio network. That'd be Julio Carroll. Nevada. Julio, your team in Montreal to kick off this week of action in the CFL. I believe it's week 14. And uh, Antonio mm-hmm. Pipkin is the starting quarterback. Are you surprised he's the guy and not VA? Um, no, not really. To tell you the truth, Ballsy, I mean, I, I think that this is a move where, you know, Antonio was put into a tough spot. Uh, you know, the last game, you know, he didn't get a lot of reps during the week. They really kind of gave Michael O'Connor a ton of a ton of reps trying to get him ready and then to get put him in the game. And I know he was super frustrated afterwards. And it's a tough spot to play, right? When, when you're not getting the reps, you have to do everything mentally. Um, you know, there's, you know, when you get into a, 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 you know, a real game, I mean, the game starts to move awfully fast. And I kind of felt for him. So, you know, he's been here. He understands the system. They're going to give him an opportunity to start and see what he can do. Now, um, you're going to see Vernon Adams at some point. Um, and if Vernon is what he is and, and is able to get himself, um, you know, up to speed and is able to do what they need offensively, which I, I would totally anticipate, then you're going to see, you're going to see him. Um, and again, it, it all depends on how well he plays. And he's a guy that hasn't played in a while. Um, well, hasn't played up. What, what was it? Week week two or week yeah. one that they took him out after the first quarter. So um, you know, I'm, I know he's super excited. This is a a scenario that honestly I saw playing itself out, but I didn't see it playing out the way it did in the sense that you know Vernon's coming right back here to play against a team that he knows very very well. So he's given the Lions probably a lot of insight on what they like to do defensively and. What they try to do offensively, I thought maybe if this trade was going to happen, it might, they might have said, hey, listen, we'll wait till you guys play us and he can go home with you on the plane. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not that insight uh, helps them a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, over the long haul, though, I think this trade, if, if Vernon Adams can uh, you know, play half decent, like I'm talking like a 7 out of 10, it gives the BC Lions a puncher's chance to win the West. That's a, that's a pretty good trade. Well... Well, you, that, that, that's absolutely right, and I think it, it, it goes to show you, um, you know, and then this is no disrespect to Michael O'Connor and the quarterbacks that they have, but when Nathan Rourke went down, um, this offense wasn't going to wasn't going to perform, and, and it's hard for anybody to step in and do what Nathan did. But I think what you said is, is, is bang on. This gives the Lions not only an answer and an opportunity this year, they don't want to waste what they've, they've, they've you know, worked very hard for is, is to be where they are in the standings. Um, you don't want to start throwing games away and really start sliding at the back end. They think that Vernon, in the end, is going to give them a, a fantastic opportunity to win and compete in the West. 
uh, given the talent that they have. Um, but you make a good point. It also gives them a bit of an insurance plan, right? He, he is not only going to be here this year, he'll be here next year. And if anything happens with Nathan Rourke this year, going to the NFL to try out or do whatever, that they're going to have themselves a plan going forward for next year. And I, if Nathan were, if Nathan were to come back, right. then he's also been told that scenario and he is very, very comfortable to say, Hey, listen, I'll be here as the backup. No problem. Well, so you know what, really you know, you know, them a, a good insurance policy. You know what, Julio? Uh, we're seeing it with Cody Fajardo, I think. We forget these guys are humans. Cody has played his two best games in the last two games because number one, let's not be, let's not be naive to think he doesn't look down the highway and see Bo Levi Mitchell's on the bench and the Riders went after Bo Levi Mitchell before they kind of settled on Cody yeah. Fajardo and things worked out that way and he uh, had a great 2019 season. They were going hard on, uh, getting in a Bo Levi Mitchell here. So I don't think Cody doesn't see that, but Cody also has his wife. And they're about to be parents-to-be coming up here very shortly. His wife and his dog living with him now. So, so, so he's feeling more, like, uh, more comfortable in his personal life. And as Coach Dickey said, when people are happy, they play better. And Vernon Adams, <laughs> Vernon Adams is moving closer to his home base in the States. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. He, his home is in Tacoma, in Washington, just uh, you know, from where they are in, in South Surrey there. I bet you that's an hour and a half drive. So very, very close for him. And, and, and you, I think really, you make a very good point about the human part of it, right? These are, these guys are human beings and they, they, they miss family. They miss, um, you know, being around loved ones and, and, you know, it, it has an effect. They're not stone cold, right? They, these guys, a lot of these guys are living away from home and, and, you know, their whole families are, are growing up without them being there and it has an effect on certain guys right and so for Cody uh living in living in Saskatchewan and 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 being in the hottest market uh in the CFL there's a lot of pressure there right and uh you know I fully expect that that Cody probably hears all that talk and is is saying to himself hey listen I need to I need to get myself as comfortable as possible and make myself feel good off the field and that's having my family around and it's leading to a better performance. I, it doesn't surprise me uh, at all that, uh, that that's the case. And, um, you know, Cody's such a good guy, and he's a competitor. You know you're going to get 100% of him. And, and the other thing, too, Baldy, let's not forget, you know, you're talking about the performance of Cody Fajardo. Well, it probably has a little bit to do with some of the guys that are getting back, right? Those guys are not – we're not talking about some half-assed guys. We're talking about guys that are elite you know, Shaq Evans is no joke, right? He's, he's a great receiver. Uh, Karen Moore is another guy that, that brings a lot. Now you're getting these guys back. Um, and then when Duke Williams comes back, I mean, that's going to be another guy, right? So once you start getting your lineup all back and healthy, you I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be a different offense. Hey, uh, you're uh, you're never a guy to shy away from opinions. I love it. Uh, I love talking with you both on the air and off the air. Uh, I'm not here to get into the whole Garrett Marino, should he be cut, shouldn't he be cut? But if that memo is true from Dave Naylor, uh, he, he, he reported that the commissioner said, hey, I can revoke anybody's contract. To me, that's a very slippery slope when you start canceling guys. Mm-hmm. And it is canceling guys because you think they're too dirty. Uh, I, I don't know, man. That doesn't that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I mean, that that to me is something that I don't think uh, was necessary. You know, I mean, if if 
listen, if if Garrett Marino has has run his course in Saskatchewan and and you know, man, he's made his bed, and Saskatchewan is saying, hey, listen, you know what, we're not we're not going to do it. If he if he wants to be employed by someone else, if someone else is willing to take him on and and everything that comes along with him. Um, I'm not big on on them trying to cancel him out and just trying to you know do that to a kid, right? Like that, it is it is his it is his livelihood, and you know he has made some very big mistakes, and he's kind of made his own bed. Um, but for the commissioner to go out and do that is, you know, it's um, you know it's saying something about what the league is trying to. You know, they're probably saying, hey, listen, we don't we, this guy brings a lot of baggage, and um, you know. We're gonna we're gonna lay this out, and if you want to sign them, uh, we still have the right to 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 you know revoke it. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see whether or not someone else goes goes out and tries to get them and tries to talk to the league. If, if they're, I can see a guy like Chris Jones trying to say to himself, "Hey, listen, this guy can fit my scheme well. Yeah, um, I want him." So I, I mean, I you I mean it's one of those things, Balzi. Uh, I, I it is it's pretty it seems pretty extreme. Um, I don't feel sorry for him. I think he's kind of laid his own own bed and. Um, but for the league to take this kind of a measure on a guy's career is, is, you know, questionable. Yeah. Okay. So a couple more quick questions for you. Cause I know you're in the booth getting ready for the game. One more about your game and one about our game coming up here tomorrow. Uh, so, and it'll tie mm-hmm. it to your team. So, um, Michael O'Connor, is he is he uh, not playing or uh, factoring in here because he's hurt after that hit by Sankey or, uh, do they just they don't have confidence in him because I don't know that he got a really fair shake. He had but he was five yeah. of fourteen for ninety four yards. He wasn't terrible. He moved the ball right away down the field against the Riders. Yeah, those first that first those first couple of throws I think were his best throws. Um, you know they're they're telling us that uh, it's a hamstring issue um, that he hurt and um, that he's just he, he wasn't available to come back. So the two weeks um, you know mean rest. They've decided that um, they're going to go with Antonio and then getting Vernon obviously tells them that, you know, they feel that they have a better opportunity to win. It, it, it's all about it's all about winning, right? And and uh, I kind of feel for, for Michael because it was a sm- very small window for him. Uh, but, um, you know, it is professional football and these guys uh, are making their livelihood on those kinds of decisions. And um, he's on this trip. He is dressed as a third quarterback. But I do think that it shows you, you know, where they're headed and who they feel a little bit more confident with as far as uh, moving forward with See, this team. To me, that's disappointing. I'm not saying that the, they're not smarter than me. They're coaches. I'm not. But to me, it's disappointing because we can go through a list of people that have been given chance after chance after yeah. chance after yeah. chance just because they have an American birth certificate, and you can't tell me otherwise. Yeah. I Hey, listen. That's a, I was a pretty good example of that. Um, I know exactly what you're saying. And, and I feel for you, uh, or I feel for him. Sorry, excuse me. Um, but here's the other thing, too, Paul, is that we're talking about a guy who's still relatively young in his career, right? Like, he's still only in his third year, still learning. Some guys, it happens, you know, quicker. Others, it doesn't. But I do think it shows that they, they, they haven't lost hope in him, and they still believe in him. And maybe he just needs a little bit more time. Maybe they just feel, listen, maybe it's too much for you right now, given where we are and, and how much we're asking because of so much is on the line for us. Um, but I just think that it's, uh, it, it, it's few, it, he's not done. Um, and maybe, maybe they just say, listen, he, he needs a little bit more time. 
Yeah, my only thing is, uh, and and listen, maybe uh, maybe he isn't good enough to play in the league, and, and I just say it this way because he was with Dave Dickinson, he was in yeah. Toronto, yeah. and now he's Toronto. in BC, and not not everybody can be dumb, you know what I mean? Not everybody can miss like yeah. that. Yeah. That, that that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So very interesting. Okay, yeah. no, no, and, and you're and you're, hey, listen, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Right? There, there's obviously a theme here, so maybe it's too much, too fast. Maybe they feel, hey, listen, this guy, he's got talent, but he needs a little bit more time. Because some do. Yeah, but, some do. You know, yeah. it, it, again, it's, you, you, hey, you know what, Balti, you know better than anybody, right? This is a win-now league. Right? There, is no, there is no ability to say, hey, listen. And, and this is what made the BC decision early on with Nathan Rourke so you know, unusual at the time, but paid off was that no one ever does that. No one ever goes into a season and say, hey, we're going to go with a young guy. We believe in this guy. We're going to go. It, 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 because there's so many teams that have to win right now, and they're not willing to put the time in in a position where some guys just need to play and get better. And that sometimes is very frustrating because it, it doesn't look good. But if you believe in his ability and his, uh, and his and the opportunity for him to be be very good and great, then you have to live through those those growing pains. But for a lot of teams, they can't afford to do that. Yeah. Right? They want to win now. And in the BC Lions case, they got to win now. They got a great record. They've had a great first half of the year. They're heading into a part where they got, they're going home. They need the fans. They want to play entertaining football. There's so many more factors at play here, not just about football. So I think the BC Lions are still in pretty good shape. Calgary's hanging around with Mayor. Winnipeg is the team to knock off. But after the Riders lost yeah. to Winnipeg, I feel like the Riders gave that game to them. Winnipeg didn't uh-huh. necessarily win it. I believe the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are a great team, as evidenced by their record. But they're very, very beatable. How do you feel? <laughs> I Well, you mean, hey, listen... Um, at this level, everybody is is beatable, and I agree. Like, but uh, you have to give, you have to tip your hat to Mike O'Shea and that team and their ability that when they don't play their best, they're still capable of winning. Um, well, they're you know, the like Patriots. Say, they're that. the they're, they're the New England Patriots. They don't. Yeah. They're not flashy, yeah. but they wait for you to screw up. Yeah, yeah, and and be honest, Ballsy, the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders did screw up. Yes, right? they, yes. They, they made mistakes and they made them pay for it. And that's what good teams do. That's yeah. what great teams do. Right? And, and it doesn't take many. Right? Like, you look at a game, you're talking about five, you know, they used to say, well, it comes down to five or six plays. Well, if it comes down to five or six plays and you're not making those plays, then you deserve to lose. Yeah. Um, because you're, make, you're putting yourself in a position, taking a penalty that takes away a first down. Right? I didn't, I didn't agree with the challenge. I didn't understand who was telling them that that was a challengeable play. You know what I mean? You lost the timeout. It was it was a big it was a big uh, you know decision at that point. Um, so you know what I mean? There's there's those cumulative things that happen in the game that where you shoot yourself in the foot. Like, is it Winnipeg's fault? No, right? It's Saskatchewan's fault to, to, when you make those kinds of mistakes. So against good teams, great teams, you cannot shoot yourself in the foot with penalties and turnovers. Always. And if you do that, you're going to end up paying for it, and they have. And it's unfortunate because you're right. They, they do have the game to beat them. They do have the players to beat them. They just can't get in. They have to get out of their own way, um, and they're going to be, they're going to be successful. 
That's Julio Caravana joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. His team getting ready right away to take on the Montreal Alouettes. This is the Sports Cage live from Winnipeg on 620 CKR. Easy. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. For Nelson Holmes, coming to you live from Winnipeg, Manitoba, getting set for the Labor Day rematch tomorrow between your Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, our clutch performer of the day, or clutch performance of the day, is brought to you daily by Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent Dealer. Call 781 1077. And our uh, clutch performance for the sports cage and for Nick Service, going back to yesterday's game between the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams, the uh, season opener for the NFL, which, by the way, if it was played, say, in Winnipeg, and it was between Winnipeg and Hamilton, let's say, because you wouldn't play a Ryder Winnipeg game probably in the season opener. So let's say we're in Winnipeg and it's the Bombers and the Tiger Cats and it's 31 to 10. I'd have half of the football fans say, oh, crappy football. Can't wait till the real league starts. That's what I, that's exactly what people would say. That was a crappy game yesterday. But in that game, Josh Allen was spectacular. He had 297 yards passing. He did throw a couple of INTs, but he had three touchdown passes and ran for one. Many picked the Bills as a sexy Super Bowl pick and Josh Allen as the sexy lead dog in terms of the NFL MVP. And he did not disappoint yesterday. Speaking of sexy picks, let's get on the a Western Pizza hotline or the Rough Rider suite deal from Western Pizza and you and a friend could be watching a Rough Rider game from a luxurious suite. We're talking with Dante DeCaria, the voice of the Regina Pats on our airwaves and he is headed up north to uh, watch them play a preseason game against the PA Raiders. How's life on the iron lung, Dante? Oh, we're, I don't know, I'd say about half an hour away from Prince Albert, but you know what, Ballsy, I'll say this, and I've, actually I said this before, on the arrow view is I always seem to really like this trip up north. There's more trees, more hills. It, mm-hmm. it, it really feels like northern Saskatchewan. So, no, it's uh, it's always great to come up to Prince Albert. And I always like going into that old barn, the Art Houser. I know they've shined yeah. it up and improved it, but I've always liked that building. It's always loud, especially when the Raiders are good. No, you know what? It's one of my actually my favorite rinks in the Western Hockey League to call a game. You know, where the booth is located, you feel like you're right in the action. Fans are on top of you. They're, you know, giving it to the players. It just, it, you know, feels like a really old junior hockey, you know, kind of vibe there. And uh, it, I, that's what I love about junior hockey. So I really like the Art Hauser. I mean, obviously they're getting a new rink, but I hope they kind of keep that atmosphere when they do get a new rink. Dante, any surprises for you at training camp this year? You, I don't know if I should say any surprises at training camp. I kind of expected some of these guys based off, you know, the way they were progressing in the offseason, you know, gaining weight, getting faster, stronger, the way they trained. But a few guys that, you know, maybe were, I went, you know, bottom six to top nine players last year that maybe could be in the top six this year. You know, I, the first thing that comes to mind, Borea Vallis, he looks faster, he looks stronger. I wouldn't be surprised if he scores, you know, 20 goals, 50 to 60 points this season. He's been really impressive. Um, but again, we have to be a little bit guarded because he was playing scrimmages. He's playing against, you know, 07s and 06s, 15 to 16 year olds. So we'll see what he can do uh, against, uh, you know, 
higher caliber players that are in his age group. Another guy who, uh, you know, had a little bit of a rough season last year, given that, you know, not a ton of ice time and, you know, being 16. Mateo Michaels, he looks faster. He looks stronger. He said he gained 15 pounds. He, he grew a little bit. He's around six foot now, which is exciting. Uh, he was a U.S. pick a couple of years ago when they signed him last year. Um, so those are two guys. And then one guy I think that fans expect to be back and, and well, not to be back, but to be, you know, one of the top scorers for the Pats is Alexander Suzla, third-round pick of the Washington Capitals. Uh, he had so much chemistry with Connor Bedard. Uh, he's going to be playing tonight in Prince Albert without Bedard. Bedard not making the trip to Prince Albert. Obviously, he's played a ton of hockey, going to Biosteel yeah. camp, gaming with McDavid and all those guys. So Bedard not playing tonight. But Suzlev, an opportunity to see what he can do without Bedard because I believe they, they combined for like 15 or 16 goals in like three scrimmages uh, at training camp. So, no, Suzlev... Uh, um, I've heard some people say one of the best imports the Pats have had in a very long time. So it should be really exciting to see him on the ice. Now we'll talk about this as we get closer to the regular season, but in your mind, what's a reasonable expectation for this hockey club this year? I think I've said it with you a couple of times, and I've said it you know, on various other media outlets. I expect the Pats to finish anywhere between, I think, anywhere from 6 to 3 in the Eastern Conference. And in a division... I think they could finish as high as second. Now, Swift Current's going to be really good this year. They had five guys drafted in last year's NHL draft, which is exciting for their organization as they're coming out of a rebuild. But the Pats as well, they're transitioning out of a rebuild. And remember, folks have to understand, they finished just one point out of a playoff spot last year. Prince Albert finished ahead of them, one point ahead, and they finished at eighth. So uh, the Pats were so close to making the postseason. They've upgraded in net. Um, They've got some a little bit of a battle for the goaltending situation with four different goalies battling for two spots, which um, I really liked all their play at camp. And then defensively, a lot of people say that it might be a little bit of a weakness this season, but I think with the acquisition of you know Ty Plazier, who they signed today, and Colton Bridgman, or, uh, who's a, a local, he's from Regina, playing for the Pac Canadians this year, um, and then the emergence of Leighton Spice and Stanislas Folzel, I think their defense can be good, but offensively they're going to score a ton of goals, which should allow them to finish anywhere between three and six in the standing. Lastly, before I let you go, Dante, uh, talk about the goaltending because that was a frustrating aspect for the Pats yeah. at times last season. We saw Kelton Pine play shutout hockey on home ice. It was great. But, you know, this team played hard at times but just couldn't keep the puck out of its net. So talk about that. You know, the Regina Pats were top 10 in goals for last year, and they gave, but they gave up the fifth most goals last season. And there's no question. I mean, John Paddock has talked about it publicly. The goaltending was an issue for this team last year, but they've got a little bit of a, you know, internal competitiveness going on between four different goaltenders. Now, they did go out and get a 20 year old goaltender in Colin McInnes, who came over from Everett, and he's going to have an opportunity to be the starting guy this season. But then there's a battle between Matthew Keeper, Kelton Pine, and Drew Sim. Now, to talk about the three other guys, we know what McKinnis can do being a 20-year-old and how good he was last year in Everett. You know, Keeper's coming off an up-and-down season where he was hurt towards the end of the year. Um, Kelton Pine had a great, you know, call-up stint. But again, you have to be a little bit guarded because he was 16. He still has a lot of growth to do in his game, but still a very talented goaltender. And then you have Drew Sim, who, yeah, he didn't have the greatest numbers last year, but he's looked a lot better in training camp. He lost a little bit of weight. He grew to almost 6'4". He's at a 6'3.5 right now. He looks faster in net. So uh, I think it's exciting for Pats fans. I think it's a, you know, it's a little bit of a, you know, some internal competitiveness and some tough decisions to make for the coaching staff and the management staff because, uh, in my opinion, they have four guys that could easily be the one and two this year. 
besides the blue and white game, which we saw, when can we see our Pats in action on home ice, uh, Dante? Uh, tomorrow night, so Saturday, September the 10th at 7 o'clock inside the Brant Center. Uh, it's going to be the Pats taking on Prince Albert Raiders. Then they have one more preseason home game against the Winnipeg Ice on uh, this upcoming Thursday. And then the one exciting preseason game that's coming up, although it's at a neutral site, in Estevan, Southern Saskatchewan at Affinity Place between the Regina Pats and the Swift Current Broncos. Uh, Connor Bedard's going to be playing in that game. So, uh, no, it's, it's going to be really cool. I mean, that rink in Esteban is unreal. They just hosted the Centennial Cup. They're mm-hmm. coming off uh, a Bruins team that won the championship. So uh, I'm lo- really looking forward to see uh, how the Southern Saskatchewan hockey fans come out and support the WHL. Thanks for your time, Dante. Have a good rest of the trip into PA. Enjoy the game tonight. Yeah, and have a good call tomorrow, Ballsy. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. That's Dante DeCary, a voice of the Regina Pats. We'll hear him on the airwaves again this season, and we look forward to that. He joins us on the Western Pizza Hotline. When we come back, we'll talk betting with Andy McNamara from UFF Sports and DraftKings. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. 46. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Seems like we're late on Fridays. Last Friday I was in Lincoln, Nebraska. Today I'm in Winnipeg, Manitoba, getting set for the Labor Day rematch tomorrow. Keep your text coming. Capital Ford Lincoln powers our text line. Number one four dealership in the province. That text number is 936-6262. This from Metal Shingle Guy. Ballsy, the only way riders release Marino is if Ambrosi cancel him. Justin Dunk alluded that the Edmonton Elks were interested in signing him, but not after the memo. Well, yeah, I, I, that's a slip slope. I don't know if the riders were forced into it. They say it was their decision. I, I think it just came down to the juice wasn't worth the squeeze because it just a lot of people wanted him out of the league. So there you go. Hopefully that does not end his career. I don't care whether you like him or not. You shouldn't be canceling one guy, not another guy. And that's a very slippery slope, like I said. All right. Um, now, I wanted to uh, tell you, keep those texts coming. Now, we, we're going to get to... Uh, Lots. We heard from the Regina Thunder. We're going to hear from uh, Scott McCauley before the show is over. Ryder Varga from the University of Regina Rams is at 6.45 tonight. Our pregame show, Daniela Ponticelli, will be the host and the play-by-play announcer. Her second broadcast is a Rams announcer. Rams taking on the University of Calgary Dinos. Dinos are 0-1. Rams are 1-0. But we got to get to betting now. It's time to head on to the Western Pizza Hotline. All right, welcoming back our old friend, Andy McNamara, UFF Sports, does some work for DraftKings. Welcome back to the show, man. We're back for another year of uh, football betting, as it were. Oh, man, I am so pumped. Great to be back with you and uh, have all the great fans and listeners. Get in, get that fantasy advice, get that betting advice all NFL season long. going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so who's your favorite to win the Super Bowl? If you had to give me a favorite, uh, we've talked with Rams, Bills, who would you lean towards? Yeah, you know, I think we have to really break it down conference-wise. Who has the easiest path, right? So if we look at, if we start with the NFC, I think that's the easiest path for the Rams. Now, that's going to be... A large part due to the uh, elbow of Matthew Stafford and how that holds up over the long run of the season. We've heard about the issues there. But you look at, okay, who are the main competition to the defending Super Bowl champions? Well, can never count out Tom Brady, Tampa Bay. Got to respect the defenses there. Got the weapons. Rest of the NFC South? Not really. Rest of the NFC West with the Rams? Yeah, I'm not buying Trey Lance quite yet. And Kyler Murray always fades with Kingsbury in Seattle as in a half rebuild. NFC North? 
really it's only the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and they usually find a way to choke it away. Everybody else, not so much. Dallas and Philly, I like a lot. Do I think they're Super Bowl? If things break the right way, I think they're going to be tough. But really, I got to think it's it's the Rams and Tampa Bay. I'm going to say Tommy Terrific just goes out as a, you know, the, the legend that he is for the NFC and gets back to the dance. He, he, AFC? Yeah. I think that's I think that's where it's a bit it's a bit tougher. We got Buffalo, Cincinnati, you got uh, AFC West. Hello, right? Yeah. Chiefs, Chargers. Yeah, you can make a case for uh, Broncos and, and maybe even the Raiders. So I think the AFC is a lot tougher. I'd say the Bills have the advantage, but boy, you can't you know don't don't discount the Chargers either. Is there one team that not a lot of people are talking about that could sneak in here? For me, for me, it's the Indianapolis Colts. Ooh, yeah. You know what? People dump on Matt Ryan. Don't forget that the Atlanta Falcons offensive line stunk. It was terrible. Now he's got one of the best ones in football. You got that, that guy uh, behind you, Jonathan Taylor, who's mm-hmm. going first overall in fantasy football draft. Not bad. Michael Pittman is a stud alpha at wide receiver. You got some nice compliments around him as well. And the defense is good. I think the Indianapolis and, – and let's not forget this. The AFC South – no one's so scared of the Texans or Jaguars and Titans. Eh, you know, I think they're. I think they're starting to uh, be on more of the downturn than not. They're going to be a tough out, but the easiest path to the playoffs and success is winning the division. I think that's the Colts to lose. So I like the Colts. I also like the Chargers uh, with their you know mm-hmm. tough division, of course, with the West. But man, you've got Justin Herbert, who's a, a Josh Allen light right now. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Canada's own Josh Palmer. You, you, you're amped up that defense. So I wouldn't discount the Chargers either. You know, another team before we move on to some sleepers and fantasy. I uh, I like I think I think the Minnesota Vikings might be sneaky good this Ooh. year. Well, you know what? You have a new look at head coach. Zimmer was like a crusty old man. <laughs> yeah, right? he was he, done. Yeah, right. He was crusty. He was angry all the time. He just like hey, uh, you know, now you have Fred. Now they went polar opposite. Yeah, lighthearted. You know, going. Uh, a guy, quick fantasy tip for, for folks there, Adam Thielen. Yeah. Um, not, not that I don't want him on my team, but I would not draft him, and I would instead, if you can't get Justin Jefferson, get a guy, K.J. Osborne, who flashed when given the opportunity last year. K.J. Osborne is the one I think that is going to make an impact when it's all said and done on that Minnesota team. All right, so uh, one other prop bet for the year, MVP. Who's your MVP? Everybody says Josh Allen. I w- I'm yeah. going to say, because I am a Chargers fan, I'm going to say Justin Herbert. I think he's about to blow up. You know what? I absolutely love Justin Herbert. It might also be because I'm looking right now at my Justin Herbert autographed uh, triple color patch rookie card. Nice. Uh, one of 60. So I'm really hoping he gets the MVP so I can maybe sell that sucker. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> pay for a, pay for a couple of colleges. Right? Absolutely. So I love Justin Herbert. Um, now, I don't know what the recent lines are, but uh, last I checked, I think there were some really good odds on Joe Burrow. Yeah. And... You know, from a pass-heavy offense with a lot of weapons, with an improved offensive line, would it surprise me if Joe Burrow was the MVP? Not really. I, I think Burrow could uh, could be a sneaky one as well, but I love that Herbert pick. Okay, so let's get to some sleepers. What are some sleepers here that, uh, you know, might have slipped under the radar in a bunch of these drafts? Well, uh, now, someone who's not going to be a sleeper to you, but to some people, might be Josh Palmer. Yeah. I love Josh Palmer. I have it up on my Sportsnet.ca article that people can check out uh, online and on Twitter at AndyMC81. Um, I believe the reason is is that Mike Williams is being overhyped. 
Mike Williams, listen to the consistency. Okay? And this is why, folks, you don't just look at, that, at the numbers. You don't just look at the overall numbers. You look at the game stuff. Mike Williams, he's built like the prototypical receiver, but I don't believe he's the true number two because six of his nine touchdowns came in the Chargers' first five games. He was a WR12 in 2021, but that's, he faded hard after that first five weeks. 2020, WR wide receiver 48, 41st ranked in fantasy the year before that. Now we have Josh Palmer. Advanced stats-wise, his separation numbers match that of Keenan Allen. He's 22. He's got the size. You can line him up inside, outside, and he got into the end zone three times uh, in four of his last five games. So I think it's uh, uh, Josh Palmer is a real good one to keep an eye on for a sleeper at, at wide receiver. You talked about uh, Jonathan Taylor being at the top of yeah. a lot of drafts for sure, but is there a sleeper running back that maybe people are uh, you know sleeping on? Well, I think, okay, I'm going to give you one for Dynasty first. Okay. I'm going to give you one for Dynasty. So not in re- don't do for redraft this year, folks, okay? But in Dynasty or Keeper League, Jerome Ford for the Cleveland Browns. He is going to be, he was drafted this year to take over for Kareem Hunt, his role next year. This dude popped uh, in the preseason, but he's also very shifty. And I think eventually he might challenge Nick Chubb for overall carries. So Jerome Ford is someone to look at when it comes to uh, dynasty long-term. Another one, Cam Akers, um, you know, if he can get back to that 4.3 yards per carry that he did as a rookie, I think he's going to be someone that can really pop up. And then I, I, I won't call him a sleeper in the sense that um, he's, he's not going to be a, a top 12, but I don't think people are paying enough attention to DeAndre Swift of the Lions. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I think there's just a clear path for him. You have Jamal Williams behind him, but he's, yeah, we know what, what he is at this point. You want clarity in fantasy. So I think Swift is someone that really you can, you can sort of lean on and be like, okay, I, I, can, I can trust this guy. And also Antonio Gibson. We know the tragic situation with Brian Robinson. But if we're talking just numbers, Antonio Gibson is going to be thrust into top dog's uh, territory. He's had some fumbles. But that guy is built like a horse, and Ron Rivera called him as a rookie, compared him to Christian McCaffrey. We can't ignore that. I think him and and Damian Pierce is another guy of Houston that we talked about that I think is going to pop. Okay, so on a weekly basis, what's the the one mistake a lot of guys make when they're playing fantasy football Mm. or girls? Yeah, they they chase. It's called chasing, okay? And and, uh, sometimes I fall into it myself. Last year I called the guy, Miles Gaskin, I called him Gaslight Gaskin. For me, you know why? Like I'm chasing him. I get, I got excited. I was questioning life. I don't know what to think. He was, he was in one week of four. It's the chasing. It's now it worked out okay for Eli Mitchell last year, but last year was a perfect example where Eli Mitchell, the 49ers, because Kyle Shanahan hates your fantasy team, folks. He hates you, because they know no one told us about Trey Sermon. Everyone's drafting Trey Sermon. Eli Mitchell, like what? And all of a sudden, Trey Sermon's no good. We didn't know this, so everybody spent their fab dollars, their fantasy budget. On, or, or their highest waiver priority on Eli Mitchell. Now that worked out okay, but a lot of the time you'll see, and then people, one guy goes off, and you'll see just everybody dump their uh, weekly budget or waiver wire, and it's all about the chase. Try not to chase. You drafted these people for a reason. Stay with it for the first part, unless there's like some real duds at the bottom, and you can kind of squeak in. Oh, I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more sure. running back, guys. Okay, on to Foreman. Okay? okay. Of the Carolina Panthers. Now, we're thinking Christian McCaffrey, and I love CMC, but I've been hearing that what they want to do is spare, and Christian McCaffrey came out, he had a, it was a shin issue. It was a scratch. It's not a muscle thing. He's fine. 
Um, but Donta Foreman, the expectation is he could be used more as a pure rusher and at the goal line and that they use Christian McCaffrey more as a slot receiver to try to save the wear and tear on him from those 300-plus-yard seasons in two straight years of significant injuries. So Donta Foreman, two of my teams, I picked him up with the very last pick in my draft. I'm going to have him there. Maybe nothing comes of it. But I've been hearing enough to think that this guy, all of a sudden, he, he played a nice role in Tennessee last year when called upon. This guy's a bulldozer, man. He's a dog. So I think if he's given the chance, that could be a sneaky pick that you're getting for nothing. And if he's on your waiver wire, I would grab him and drop one of those, uh, you know, your seventh wide receiver that you know you're never going to play. That's great advice from Andy McNamara. Where can they find other advice for me, my friend? Oh, man. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Use the hashtag AskAndy. I check that. And check out uh, our professional fantasy football leagues for the NFL and college at UFFSports.com. We got uh, owners include uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer uh, Chris Carter. We got Michael Vick, owner of Circle Las Vegas is in there as well. Eric Metcalf and ex-NFLers are owners, so it's a lot of fun. So check that out, UFSSports.com. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And welcome to the Sports Cage from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Just ahead of uh, hooking up with Brian Raymond out at Flowing Springs near Regina, we got to give you your sports ticker brought to you by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. They're hiring. Starting salary for service technicians is $75,000 plus signing bonus. Call 781-2090. Here's a nice gesture from the Rough Riders and Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They stand together. They tweeted out in remembering and honoring the victims of the horrific tragedy that took place in James Smith Cree Nation in the village of Weldon, Saskatchewan. Both teams will wear special commemorative stickers on their helmets during tomorrow's game, and a moment of silence will be held prior to kickoff. The stickers will bear the letters JSCN for James Smith Cree Nation in red, which is the color of healing in the Cree culture. So that's some good news there. I know some people were disappointed the Rough Riders didn't have a moment of silence uh, before the last game, but let's be honest, it was still uh, a very fluid situation and the uh, RCMP only did a uh, press conference at like 3.45 in the afternoon, 15 minutes before we went to uh, the opening kickoff of that Ryder-Bomber game. So it's nice the teams are honoring the James Cree First Nation and what went on there. Alouette's president, Mauro Cicchini, says Spiegel Estate turned down interest from local ownership groups, so it looks like there's no interest to sell the team right now. Of course, Gary Stern has backed away from his day-to-day operations with the team, kind of not on the same page with the Spiegel Estate. His dad, his father-in-law, Sid Spiegel, bought the team but passed away before ever watching the Alouette's play a down. Gary Stern, who's been very active on Twitter until recently, and now he closed his account, is uh, still involved, but uh, not as vocal, and he still has 25% share in what is going on with the Montreal Alouettes, who play the BC Lions tonight in about uh, 38 minutes or so. The kickoff will go down. You heard from Julio Caravada at the start of the show, the color commentator for the BC Lions, as uh, they will kick off there. The um, quarterback for the BC Lions will be Antonio Pipkin, but he's backed up by former Alouette Vernon Adams. And you know that Vernon Adams Jr. has given some big-time uh, intel to Rick Campbell and his coaching staff as it relates to the Owls, and I wouldn't be surprised to see VA get his fair share of snaps in that football game. And how about Major League Baseball? Major League Baseball passed a uh, 
sweeping set of rules to fundamentally overhaul the game. The league is going to uh, implement a pitch clock, 15 seconds with empty bases and 20 seconds with runners on. A defensive alignment that must include two fielders on each side of second base bag with both feet on the dirt, as well as rules limiting pickoff moves and expanding the size of bases as well. So they're trying to jazz the game up. That takes effect next year. They've been trying all these things in the uh, minors. Uh, Still no... uh, full-time robot umpires, and I'm happy for that. Let us head out on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza and speak with Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs. Brian, my apologies. I missed yesterday. It was a total brain cramp. Queen dies. Uh, not the band Queen, but Queen. And then we're kind of running around, and I had a bunch of other things on the go, so my apologies, man. But we got a great weekend in store out there. Absolutely. We're all set for the weekend. Uh, we're looking forward to tomorrow and Sunday, of course. Sunday, talking about 28 degrees. But uh, we are still taking bookings. We still have some openings. So anybody who's interested in coming out to, to play the golf course, uh, we certainly entertain you. And, uh, of course, our famous driving range. It's, uh, it's, it's still busy, even though it's later on, later on in the season. A lot of folks, folks still trying to you know, iron out a few uh, little things in their golf swing. But uh, it's certainly available. It's a large, large, large all-grass driving range with target greens so uh brian before i get to more details about golfing out there is there a rule in golf you'd like change because we talk about the traditional sport that is baseball uh, also steeped in tradition is golf um, the, the one rule that we re, were really happy that they, and they already changed it this past year, and that is the uh, the, the five-minute rule for searching for a golf ball. I mean, you're on the golf course, you hit your ball, it goes towards a water hazard. What are you looking for? You know where it is. It's in the water. Carry on. Yeah. So, we just want to speed up the play at the golf course. That's uh, That's what we're looking for. Are you a baseball guy? Do you watch baseball? Yes, I do. Okay, so what do you think of these rules? The pitch clock? Well, you know, it used to be you could go to a game, like and I used to, when I was at University of Windsor, I used to go across to Detroit, and you could go to a game for two and a half hours. I mean, games now are getting so, so long, and, I, and I'm, I'm thinking maybe some of the, the stu- you know, the pitching changes and stuff like that are, are really, really extending the length of the game. So anything they can do to speed up the games, I think, is a great idea. Uh, the, the pitch count or the, uh, the time clock on pitches, that isn't a bad idea, but I think a lot of pitchers would be pretty upset about that. Well, we're going to have to watch the injuries, right? We have Tommy John injury as it is. If guys yep. are speeding up and things like that, especially in cold weather, especially when it's cold, right? Yeah, Exactly. Uh, when they start the season early and finish it late. Okay, Brian, as it relates to golf, that's what we're talking about, man. What are some of the deals out there for the rest of the season? Well, every day after uh, two, after 3 o'clock, it's $32. And, of course, we have our $17 uh, after 5.30, uh, you know, walk only, come out and play the golf course. It's a great deal. Uh, as of Monday, because as you've probably noticed, the days are getting shorter, we're yes. moving that up to 5 o'clock. So after 5 o'clock on Monday, uh, $17 to come out and walk the golf course. So, And Monday, of course, Monday and Wednesdays, we have that great special, Michael, of $29 for uh, seniors and ladies. And if you're neither of those, it's still a good deal at $39. Well, I just turned 50, so I have to ask, what is it? I'm not there yet, but what do you consider a senior out there? Six, thank you. Uh, 60 years old is a senior. Okay, 60 years old. Okay, cool, man. If they want to get a hold of you, how do they do it, uh, Brian? If you want to book a tea time, just give us a call at 543-5050. And you can also book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Hey, give me a score. What's the score going to be tomorrow? 
Oh, wow. I think it's going to be a close game, like just like last week. And I, I'm going to say 30 to 27 for the Riders. All right, good. I love it, Brian. Thanks, man. Take care. Have a good weekend. Okay, buddy. Take care. That's Brian Raymond out there at Flowing Springs. When we come back, it's time for something I started last week called Can West Winners. We'll get the voice of Can West football on the TV. Dave Thomas joining us. He's launched a new podcast. We'll talk about that. We'll get his picks for this week's games. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes, live from Winnipeg, Manitoba, on 620. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And welcome to my hotel room in Winnipeg, Manitoba, coming to you live from the Fairmont in Winnipeg, getting set for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and your Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the Labor Day rematch. We're going to go over the depth chart, which has some interesting uh, players on the offensive line. One glaring omission, actually a couple omissions, so we're going to see or big changes. So we're going to talk about that, and that could uh, really swing the game uh, one way or the other. This show is brought to you by our friends at Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Our text line, powered by Capital Ford Lincoln, located at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. Um, 936-6262 is that text line. And uh, we got a nice text here. <laughs> well, it's not a nice text, but it's a funny text. Uh, you know, you've arrived when people are giving you compliments and bitching, too. Good God, Ball. Enough of the, quote, juice worth the squeeze saying. You've been riding that for way too long. Find a new catchphrase, please. Brad. Well, I don't think I say it that often. Maybe you're just tuning in when I'm saying it. But okay, Brad, I'll try to find something else. Do you have a suggestion? Does anybody else have a suggestion for me? I didn't realize I used that too much. Text in whatever you want. 936-6262. Thanks for listening, Brad. I appreciate it. Time now to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. No time to cook. Order Western Pizza. It's a perfect meal that fits your hectic summer schedule. This guy hasn't had a hectic summer schedule. He's been off from his radio job quite a bit at CJWW, but he is the voice of Can West football on the TV. He's my friend Dave Thomas. How are you, Dave? Yeah, I'm doing well, Baldy. Thanks so much for having me. You know, I think that sometimes the steak just isn't worth the feed, my friend. There you go. I like that. I'll maybe use that. That's good. You know, it's funny you say steak because I was watching the NFL game yesterday and I, I, you know, I find it interesting. Like, Arash Madani brought this analogy up yesterday about a steakhouse. You, you, you go into the NFL and the NFL's all the bells and whistles. You got the big wine list. The, you got the bigger servings. You got the exposed brick, the nice lighting, everything. And when you leave that steakhouse, you, you, you don't even really think of the steak that you had. Whereas in the yeah. CFL, the steak is really good. It's just it's just the the building around it isn't as splashy, and that's what I think. I think our game, you sports football, because I was at Nebraska. The, it's an event, but the actual amateur football game and the CFL game, every bit as good and in some respects better than what we see in the four down variety. Well, and if you base that on never knowing what's going to happen. Absolutely, because if you go back to what we were talking about last week, I'm surprised you wanted to have me on this week. Who was I? <laughs> Dave Thomas, before we get to the picks, because this is called Can West Winners with Dave Thomas. You've got a new uh, podcast coming up or, or already in the works. Tell us about it. 
Well, thank you so much. It's uh, called Inside the Huskies Huddle. It's just an endeavor to take fans inside the Saskatchewan Huskies specifically and their huddle and their locker room and some stories from things that you may not find out or hear about on the field, but also it's a venture around Canada West as well. Just an opportunity and an avenue to promote Canada West football. And a couple of supporters here urged me to take something on, so we gave them a roll of the dice and we did a soft launch out of this week and hopefully we'll have more fun with it down the road. Awesome. He's one of the great broadcasters in Western Canada right here, Dave Thomas. Okay, Dave, uh, let's talk about, we can talk about Nyes till the cows come home, and so I'm not going to do that. We know he's good. He'll probably throw for 250, 300 tonight, so we're not going to go there. I want to talk about Riker Frank. 53 yards and 8 carries and 11-yard touchdown reception last week in that big uh, blowout victory over the uh, Calgary Dinos. Just talk about the Regina kid. Well, you know what? <laughs> You always hear that next man up, and I absolutely hate hearing that, but with Riker Frank, it's absolutely the truth. Last year, he burst onto the scene, and he afforded himself some playing time when Josh Iwanchina got hurt in behind Adam Mackard. So Riker did all the right things. The kid is a workout demon, from what I understand. has got an amazing knack for finding holes and making big plays. And last week, Josh Iwanchina again goes down in the first quarter, and Riker comes in, steps up, and again does a terrific job. And let's not... Let's not kid anyone. He could have had many more, many more yards. He could have had a lot bigger numbers if it weren't for the fact the score was forty-four to five, and head coach Scott Flory wanted to play everyone in Calgary. Before we get to your picks and maybe highlight the picks that didn't go so well uh, last week, Dave Thomas, voice of Can West Football, um, I do want to bring up a couple of storylines because we're going to have Ryder Varga on later from the Rams. So I do want to highlight. Uh, you know, the, the University of Saskatchewan. I, I like storylines in behind the scores, as you talked about with your podcast. Daniel Perry is uh, emerging as a great receiver out of Calgary, and he's bravely playing this season as his father battles brain cancer. John Perry has made the trip from Calgary to watch this game. My, what must be going through not only John's mind, but Daniel's mind as well. And you know what, just hearing you talk about it gave me goosebumps. He was here at practice yesterday, and uh, seeing that man and what he is facing and the smile on his face, the joy that he gets in seeing his kid, it kind of makes you take a step back. As I know, you're a proud father just like I am, and you know you kind of view your kids a little differently, but you soak in every moment of it. And quite frankly, I don't know how Daniel Perry is doing it. He had a phenomenal week one game. Heck, he took the opening offensive play 75 yards to the house for his dad, who was in attendance, from what I understand, at McMahon Stadium last weekend. So Daniel Perry is dedicated this year to his dad, who, of course, is facing a terminal cancer diagnosis. And I, like I say, how he does it, how he puts his game face on is absolutely incredible. He's a phenomenal athlete, and it's just a heartwarming story. And you wish nothing for the best for the entire Perry family, not just Daniel and his dad. Now, resiliency in another form comes in the name of Mike Palumbo, who's battled injuries since joining the Huskies in 2016, and he takes over now. Finally, he wins the center job. His father played for the Calgary Stampeders. That's an interesting angle. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of those kids from Calgary, and he's had to sit around and watch for the last few years, not because he couldn't make it on the field. The anticipation was that he was going to be a starter a couple of years ago, even as far back as 2019. However, he tore up his shoulder, he tore up his knee, and he did it twice and then had to sit out a season for COVID. So the last three years, he hasn't played a game of football but he's thought to himself, maybe had some doubts in his mind. Do I go ahead and do I try to come back? Do I try to find a way to get back on the football field? And he had to do some soul searching because 
for you and I to sit here and talk about, okay, we're going to go ahead, we're going to get surgery, we're going to try to recover from it, it's easy to say, but it's much harder to do. And think of having to do it three consecutive seasons in a row, and Mike Palumbo has done it. And it was great to see him on the field last week, and from what I heard, he graded out extremely well. So an offensive line needed to find a new leader, I think found it, and a guy that's been with the program for a number of seasons now in playing what is actually officially his sophomore year. So uh, tonight, the biggest crowd in more than three years is expected. I'll tell you what, this is as close to a uh, an NCAA feel as you will get, especially in Can West, right here in Saskatoon, okay? Uh, biggest crowd in more than three years expected. They're going to be raising the Hardy Cup and UTech Bowl championships today. Yeah, absolutely, and it's the return of the rally alley, too. I don't know if you remember that. They used to have it yeah. on the practice field next door. They've actually put it on the street right in front. So fans have already started showing up for the tailgate here at Griffith Stadium and what, we're an hour and 45 minutes away from kickoff? Yeah, so, and by the way, I saw the jerseys they wore in their preseason game against uh, the uh, Manitoba Bisons. You can, you, can, you can put those ones away if you want. Those are, <laughs> those are ugly. <laughs> those are ugly. They look like hockey jerseys. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, hey, uh, brother, let's get to the picks. Last week, what were you, 1-2 and two or were you 0-3? I forgot. Well, no, I had Saskatchewan narrowly getting by Calgary. I had Manitoba beating Regina yeah, on that one. Yeah. And I said UBC would beat Alberta. So I was two and one, but Yeah, so what I do you complain? What do you com- what do you complain about? You can't be perfect all the time. Let's get to the games. Let's start with the Manitoba Bisons and the U of A in Edmonton. That'll be an interesting one. It is going to be an interesting one. Chris Morris had his team stick close with UBC last week in Vancouver, but I just hadn't seen enough from that team. And Manitoba, again, give Regina full marks for their week one win because they won all three phases of the game. Brian Doby not happy. You know Manitoba is going to be frothing in the mouth a little bit. I think Manitoba comes out and gets a win in Alberta because that's a big one for the Bisons program. And I just don't think that the Bears have enough to contend with Des Catelier, who's going to be motivated to move that offense. I'll uh, leave the Ram one till last because that's what my audience cares about the most. But let's go uh, the one we just talked about, Huskies and UBC. I think this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a nasty game because at the end of the semifinal last year in the Hardy Cup, you may recall there was a confrontation at center field between the two head coaches because the Huskies in a 39-17 victory scored a major with a minute 21 to go. So they could have just ran out the clock, but they put it in the air and scored a touchdown. And both teams have brought that up with their respective clubs. So there's a lot of emotion on the line. However, Saskatchewan Huskies, I think, have got the edge playing at home. They haven't lost here. Mason Nias has never lost a game that he started at quarterback here at Griffith Stadium, and I think that home crowd is going to give them the boost that they need to get a victory against the Thunderbirds. Okay, let's get one Nias thing in here. This is a different year for him. He's used to having to turn and hand it off for to- you know, 15, 20 times because Mackert or you and Cheena are behind there. Mackert's not back. You and Cheena hurt his knee, probably done for the year. Uh, Riker Frank is uh, proving himself uh, over under 300 yards and two touchdowns for Nias tonight. Uh, I will say that he might crack 300 because he's got, according to Scott Flory, the fastest receiving core that Mason Nias has ever had. That's why they took so many deep shots last week against Calgary. The the most they've ever gone deep in a game with Nias at the quarterback position. So they're not afraid for him to air it out, and I can see that happening here tonight if the wind settles down a little bit. 
Okay, enough about Saskatoon. I don't care about Saskatoon. I care about Regina. It's the Rams and the Dinos. Not often do the Dinos get smacked like they did in week one against a powerful Huskies team. And the Rams are like, hey, man, hey, we're not number six in this conference. We'll show you guys. I fully expect the Rams to win this game. I don't know about Handley, but I picked them by 10 in this one. They, they are going to be terrific because, you know what, the Regina Rams, in my estimation, last week they learned how to win in Manitoba. You know what, they should have put up a lot more points. Deshaun Mins had a couple of touchdowns that I think personally he should have made plays on. I think Manitoba got lucky on one of their scoring drives. You look at the ways that creatively the Rams have been able to get the ball to Borsma and Borsa and now finding Mims, and you got Pelche looking like he's figuring out and slowing the game down in front of him, and the defense, when you only give up, 50-some yards rushing, that's incredible. So the Regina Rams, in my estimation, might just be the 2018 Saskatchewan Huskies. You remember, they were left at the bottom of the coaches' poll. Nobody gave them any credit. And after the struggles that the Rams went to try to close out games last year, I think they've learned the lesson and figured out how to do that. And I'm looking for a big game for the Rams at home tonight against Calgary, who I think have got a mess behind center with Spalatini, as I don't even see him finishing the game tonight. Dave Thomas used to be on our rider broadcast back in the day on the visiting sidelines. No Logan Furland. Uh, St. John gets the start at left guard. Lauderdale at left tackle. Bandy at center, the former Dino. Evan Johnson, who's been up and down, mostly down this year at right guard, right tackle. Cooper Richardson, welcome to the CFL, kid. Your first starts against Willie Jefferson or Jackson Jeffco. Take your pick. Uh, I want to pick a rider's win, but with that offensive line, I'm hesitant. You know what? Isn't it amazing sometimes when there's no expectations what can happen to a team? Because let's face it, who in their right mind is going to pick the Saskatchewan Roughriders to win when you've got all of that happening in Winnipeg at IG Field? And the Bombers, of course, they wrap up a playoff spot last week. They're looking to wrap up first in the West. Who would give the Riders any credit? But sometimes when there are no expectations, you come out and you go ahead and you blow everybody's mind. And maybe, just maybe, the running game continues to carry the riders. And maybe, just maybe, that defense can keep Zach Caleros on edge a little bit. And maybe, just maybe, the riders come away with a win. A lot of maybes there, Dave. Do you think they're going to win? Well, I would hope so. I, you know what? I I really believe the Riders could surprise some people. I, I really do. Can. I do. I do too. I think they gave that. I think the Bombers are a good team, no doubt about it. That you'd be foolish to say otherwise. But they're beatable, and the Riders do have weapons on offense and a championship defense. So I can't wait to see how it plays out. Thanks for your time, Dave. Once again, where can they uh, check out this new podcast? It's available on Spotify. Just search up uh, Inside the Huskies Huddle. You'll find it there or check out one of my social feeds, and the links are posted. So it's Can West winners here. And once again, to review, who do you got tonight? You got the Huskies, you got the Rams, and who did you have in the Manitoba game again? Going with the Bisons. All right, man. Thanks for your time. Have a good call tonight. Thank you. Appreciate that. That is Dave Thomas joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Speaking of Can West, when we come back, he was picked by the BC Lions in the draft, but he's decided to come back to Regina to finish his schooling because his engineering classes can only be done in the fall. So he's playing his last year with the Rams, had a big block punt last week to 
spin the game in the Rams' favor. He is Ryder Varga, and we'll talk to him next on the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CK. In Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Text line supplied by Capital Ford Lincoln, Saskatchewan's number one Ford dealership. Bob says, I got the Riders by 10. Wow. Riders by 10. What do you got the Riders by? Or do you got the Bombers? What do you think of your Rough Riders so far this year? We'll get to the depth chart and hear from Jaden Dolkey in a little bit. This show is brought to you by Nelson Holmes. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. Truth be told, this guy's probably at the stadium getting ready for the big game tonight between the Rams and the Dinos. A game we'll have right here on 620 CKRM with our own Daniela Ponticelli. She was supposed to be joined by Pete Pasco, but he's got COVID, so I'm not sure who her color commentator is going to be, but Daniela will be on the call again for the Rams. Rams and the Dinos. Rams 1-0, Dinos 0-1. Oh, and, and you just heard Dave Thomas and I pick the Rams to win this game. And uh, a reminder, we're going to have football weekend in Saskatchewan here. Um, and that'll shake down, of course, uh, next week. Friday, Riders and the Elks on the 16th. Then on the 17th, our own Sean Kleisinger calls his first ever game. He'll call it uh, with Ryan Hall. It's the Thunder and the Hilltops. Then there's a concert out in Confederation Park. And I'll be doing a special sports cage live from the concourse. And we'll also have the Rams and Huskies game, the nightcap. So make sure you check that out. And you can do so by going to Riderville.com, clicking on the link, and getting the special bundle pack for the three games. All right. So like I said, truth be told, this guy, Ryder Varga, a BC Lions draft pick, is probably in the dressing room getting ready for the game. I caught up with him yesterday to talk about last week's game and how he's feeling this year in camp with the Riders after or with the Rams, pardon me, after spending time with the BC Lions. I start the interview by asking him about his game-changing punt block last week. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we watched the film from the preseason game and we felt like we had a pretty good game plan to uh, get home and, and block at least one punt, so um, kind of opened up for me right down the, right down the ADAP and I just ran through and and uh, dove and blocked the punt, and my good old buddy Jackson Ford picked it up and got a nice touchdown out of it. So uh, it's pretty nice seeing a, a game plan come to fruition. So how much has the uh, polls are for losers, stats are generally for losers, but at the start of the year you guys were picked for dead last in the Can West Conference. Was that talked about amongst the veterans like you and your old buddy Jackson Ford? Uh, not like personally. We didn't really talk about it. I know Coach McConkey brought it up and just, said, hey, if you want to use it as motivation, you can. Um, ultimately, like, they don't really mean anything. Last year, I think we were third, and um, we were ranked third in the preseason poll, and we know how that turned out. So, ultimately, it doesn't really affect how, how the games are going to go, so we just have to keep on taking things one week at a time and uh, uh, proving some coaches are on in the process, I guess. As a leader on defense and special teams, how nice was it to see your offense really not miss a beat here? Uh, I know you wanted Josh Donnelly behind center, but you got the young guy Noah Pelshier in there. Just your thoughts on the offenses playing that first game? Um, I, I thought they were great. Um, all aspects of the game. I mean, you have electric uh, playmakers like Riley Borsma, Kyle Borsa, uh, Deshaun Mims, like getting the ball and and doing great things with it. I mean, they they should be feared by every every defender in the league. And then 
our O line, I thought had probably the best game they've had in since the time I've been there, since twenty seventeen. Like they really they really look like a great unit. There was there was G Lyman getting driven ten yards down the field by our O line. It was just really awesome to see those guys that have worked so hard in the off season have a have a great game and have their, their uh efforts rewarded. And obviously Pelche rookie quarterback all the guys had a lot of faith in him a lot of confidence in him and uh it's it's great to see that he uh, he has confidence in himself and he can really swing it out there any more pressure on the defense uh because you've got a rookie quarterback uh i don't know after seeing what he could do i don't know if there's as much pressure as people think there is obviously he's gonna make some mistakes and, and so is the defense i mean we made our hand, good handful in the uh in the game against winnipeg but um we're there to support him. We know we know he's gonna have some rookie mistakes, but um, we believe in him, and all we're gonna do is put off the seed and and hopefully he can score some points for us. You uh, you don't see Calgary get hammered like they did uh, in Week One very often. What do you expect from the Dinos coming in here Friday? Um, I expect good things. I mean, they're they're probably one of the best best coach teams in, in all of youth sports. I mean, their coaching staff is really good and they've all been coaching there for uh, I don't know, years and years. So we know they're going to be a well-disciplined team, well-coached. I mean, they have, they have great special teams and um, um, any team in Canada can beat any team. I've, I've learned that too many times throughout my career. So um, we're going to do our best to just play our game and minimize our mistakes and we feel like they're going to put up a great fight and if we don't... Uh, if we don't take them seriously, then obviously they're they're going to put a forty-four to three on us. So we're we're trying our best, and we've got to make sure that we uh, keep our mind focused and our, our foot on the pedal. Lastly, Ryder Varga, is there is there much or any difference between this Ryder Varga I'm talking to and the one that went the training camp with the BC Lions? And if so, how are you different? Uh, I wouldn't say so much different. I would say a little bit gained a little bit of perspective. Um, obviously being in the camp with, with professional football players and, and guys that have, have been in the NFL and, you know, a handful of them had Super Bowl rings. So uh, just getting perspective from those guys and just seeing, okay, this is how professionals uh, practice. This is how they prepare. This is how they watch film. And, and just trying to self-reflect and see what I could do better and, and obviously what I need to get better at to become a, a stable CFL player. That, that's about the only thing I'd say. I'm still pretty bald, um, still roughly the same same size and everything, but um, just gained some perspective from the guys in BC. Mm-hmm. Ryder, you uh, came back here to finish your degree because you had to take your classes in the fall, but is that your goal to go back to training camp next year and try to earn a spot with the Lions? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to get the degree under my belt because it's kind of hard to um, plan on being a football player for, for the Nets. 20 years. I don't, know, I don't think a lot of people have that as a realistic goal. So um, just getting my engineering degree uh, under my belt. And then, yeah, this May or next May, I guess, I'll be back with the team in BC and doing our best to make a good impression in training camp and hopefully helping them win some football games. Yeah, you were, in, you were inside that organization. They're trying to turn things around there from the owner on down. What kind of perspective did you get from the BC Lions? Uh, as far as their owner, I mean, he, he came and talked to us uh, once in training camp, and he just you can tell he really cares about the about the team and about the program. You know, a lot of a lot of owners out there just kind of in it for the line, and uh, he doesn't strike me like that at all. He he seems like he really cares and he's really invested in 
and the team and, and the growth of the league. So that was awesome to see just the top-down um, overall passion and care that can be put into a professional team. Because, I mean, we all know that it's a business. They're trying to make money, but um, you really get the feeling that everybody is from the, the owner all the way down to the, the coaches and the ATs are, are trying their best to make sure they have a winning program out there. So uh, that was just really nice to see. Ryder, thanks for your time, man. Uh, congratulations on having a great training camp. I heard you did well out there in BC. Talk to the GM, Neil McAvoy. Congratulations on a great start here, and hopefully it continues tomorrow, Friday, against the Calgary Dinos. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much, Paul. Free Farmers. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking Riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. And welcome back to Winnipeg, getting set for the Labor Day rematch tomorrow. 3 o'clock kickoff, our pregame show with Daniela Ponticelli and Wes Kate starts at noon. Here in the Sports Cage, we do something called the Sports Cage Rewind. We rewind the highlights from the Ryder game, the game before, and sometimes we take our best bits of the week and replay them. With the NFL season kicking off yesterday and that big victory by the Buffalo Bills, over the L.A. Rams. Heading into that game, I had a chance to catch up with two-time Super Bowl champion, an original Carolina Panther, and a guy that started on the corner in the NFL for 12-plus years, Tyrone Poole. Now this guy... He corrected me the last time he was on the show. So everybody, he probably doesn't need an introduction, but everybody deserves an introduction. This guy started... As a corner in the NFL, a corner, one of the most athletic positions ever in the NFL. 12 years on the corner, two Super Bowl champs, uh, championship teams, and he also was one of the original Carolina Panthers. He joins us. His name is Tyrone Poole. How are you, Tyrone? Hey, Michael. Hello, my buddy. Uh, uh, always great to be on your show. And hello to everyone uh, north of the border, as they say, uh, yeah. Canadian. I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia. So always great to talk with the people in Canada. Yeah, so we had a guy actually try out for the Atlanta Falcons, left our receiving core uh, before camp, Braden Lenius. He went there, lasted two days and uh, couldn't catch on with another team. Was kind of waiting to see if injury shook down. He played in his first game back here yesterday with a couple of big catches in our uh, 21 to, uh, what was it, 20 to 18 loss to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, uh, Tyrone, just talk about the politics of football because sometimes a lot of guys slip through the cracks just because this guy knows this guy who knows this guy and this guy scouted and drafted that guy so he's going to get every opportunity to play. Uh, you know, sometimes that does work out when you're probably in the middle tier uh, to the bottom tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you probably need a little bit of favor <laughs> to get through the door. Yeah. But if you're talented... The talent speaks for itself. And uh, just like the late, great Al Davis, the owner uh, of the Oakland Raiders, the Los Angeles Raiders, and now they are the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. But uh, Al once was quoted saying, you can find coaches anywhere, but great players are hard to come by. So, yes, that may be a little bit of politics, but if you are top tier Athletes, your talent speaks for itself. 
Tyrone, when did you know, without anybody telling you, hey, uh, we're giving you a scholarship, hey, we're drafting you in the first round, when did Tyrone Poole know that he could make a living out of this, that he, hey, this could be my future? Uh, You know, really, that's a great question because I get that all the time, Michael. Uh, I really didn't know until my junior year that I possibly could play professional football. And then I didn't know until I went to the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl Mm -hmm. is an annual collegiate game played in uh, Mobile, Alabama with uh, all seniors from uh, various colleges from around the United States. And it was then that I probably knew for sure that I would be a professional athlete. But up, up until then, Michael, I just enjoyed doing something that I realized as a early youth that I was athletic. My environment told me I was athletic. You know, when I mean my environment, whenever we played pickup ball, basketball, or we played pickup tackle football, or, or whatever the sport was, I was one of the guys that when they selected, I was one of the guys. Hey, I got Tyrone on my team. You know, so my environment told me back then how athletic I was, but it wasn't until maybe my junior year, definitely after the senior bowl, that I realized that I had an opportunity to possibly make a career out of this thing in professional football. What's the toughest thing about being a defensive back when you get to the high levels? What is the toughest thing? Well, you have various athletes, uh, receivers. You have some that are tall, uh, slow, tall, fast. You have some that are, are smaller, quicker. Uh, some that are smaller, faster. Uh, playing the inside, the slot, playing the outside. There's so many adjustments. Uh, receivers, they can go off, they can run a deep route and then go off the field and they bring a whole new guy in that you have to, okay, what am, what do I remember about this guy that I've seen on film? And sometimes you don't even see that guy. So you're out there covering someone that you have no understanding of. So being a defensive back, you're like water. You're like water. You got to be strong. You got to be fluent. But you also got to be able to make adjustment at any turn or the corner and still be able to cover. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man, when you think about it. Tyrone Poole started 12 years on the corner in the NFL. Motivational speaker. He's into fitness. We'll talk to him about that, too, as we have him till the top of the hour. Now, <clears throat> the other thing about being on defense and being in the secondary is mentality, isn't it? you gotta let that, you got to let that play go. Did you always have that, or did you learn it? No, you have to have that. That's one of the, the, the prime uh, requirements of a defensive back. I think you have to have short memory. Uh, you remember how it happened, but you don't belitter. You don't. You don't just keep your mind set on how you got beat. You understand what happened, but you don't let it get to the point where it just throws you off your game. So that's why they come with the term short memory. Defensive backs, you have to have short memory. Know how it happened, but quickly forget about it so it doesn't impact the next play. But be aware because they will try it again. Okay, so Tyrone Poole, I want you to think about this for a second, okay? So I just got back from uh, <clears throat> from Nebraska, okay? My kid was playing for uh, University of North Dakota against Nebraska. 
playing in the secondary and playing safety. And he said, Dad, I will never forget this. I'll never forget second series of the game, standing in the deep third of the field, staring in the backfield, seeing the sun glistening off the quarterback's visor, and everybody's in full throat, and it's uh, Sia Red behind him. He goes, that I, I he goes, that is a that is a, a memory of a lifetime. Is there one play like that for you on a football field that you'll always remember, that you'll always go back to, that just gives you chills? Well, there's several, several, several plays, but definitely some instances where uh, players that were great players. I give you three situations, two with players very quickly, two with players and one with the team. Growing up, I was always a Dallas Cowboys fan. Even though I'm from Georgia, I definitely was an Atlanta Falcons fan, but back in the day, the Cowboys and the Steelers were the only teams that basically they showed on television back when I was coming up because those were winning franchises. So when I'm with Carolina now, my second year, we're playing them in the playoffs, and we're playing them at home. And I punt returned as well, so I go out with the specialists. Mm-hmm. And after the punt return was over and I waited for everybody else to come out, defensive back, so we can you know, get into our uh, warm-up, I just kneeled on, the, on our logo in the middle of the field, and I just stared at that star, like that helmet, the Cowboys. I'm like, I can't believe it. I'm like, here I am two years ago. I'm in college, and now I'm playing against one of the teams that I grew up. So, yeah, that, that's that shining moment. Um, the other two were situations with players. Uh, Jerry Rice, who I think is one of the greatest players to at, ever put him on at wide receiver. Um, again, we're in San Francisco. I'm catching punts. Uh, just finished. Somebody comes and I feel I feel their arm go on my shoulder pad, and I turn to the right because that's why I felt their arm. But they were, of course, Jerry was to my left. So I looked to my right. Then I looked back to my left, and it was him. Huh. And Jerry says to me, "You're having a great year this year." keep it up. And then he ran off. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I was like, oh man, the greatest, the GOAT, man, just told me I'm having a great season. So, And then the other one was with uh, Deion Sanders. Uh, again, we're playing the Cowboys in the playoffs, and Deion comes out the a tunnel um, with his do-rag on and everything, and he comes up to me, and he says, uh, uh, play your game today, young buck. Play your game. So I'm like, oh man, I'm like, not the greatest defensive back cover corner telling me to play my game today so yeah those were like moments man that along with others that just gonna always be there now tyrone i'm in nebraska it's 105 fahrenheit i'm like oh this is nice oh wait you haven't seen cold weather wait till it gets to zero and i'm like dude i'm in saskatchewan canada you don't know cold but my producer sean kleisinger is a huge green bay packers fan so he's got a question for you tyrone yeah i have a big uh, i have a question for you tyrone i was just like five years old at the time but i remember watching this game vividly the 1996 slash 1997 nfc Championship. Your Carolina Panthers were in Lambeau Field taking on the eventual Super Bowl champion Green Bay Packers. On the frozen tundra, you were out there playing against Brett Favre. What do you remember about that football game, man? Oh, man. Wow. Um, uh, the weather, uh, the icicles <laughs> on anyone that had a mustache. Anyone that That's how cold it like was. Mike that's how cold the air was to the point where it would dry liquid <clears throat> on someone's mustache. And that's what I remember the most, uh, not only getting beat. You know, we were hanging in there for a little bit, and I think uh, once uh, Green Bay went up a couple of touchdowns, then the weather got even colder. 
seems like it. But yeah, that's my greatest memory uh, was every reporter that had a mustache <laughs> had an icicle. Ed Werder, all those guys on the sidelines. That's funny. That's funny. Hey, um, uh, Tyrone Poole, speaking of Carolina, they've got Baker Mayfield in the first game is the Carolina Panthers against his old team, the Cleveland Browns. That should be uh, one of the uh, ones that's kind of under the radar. It'll be an interesting game. Is there too much put in? Like, there's talk, oh, well, Baker knows Cleveland. He can give a lot of secrets to to the rules coaching staff. Uh, is that overrated? You know, I think when you have been in a system for a while, uh, you do know tendencies, you do know habits, because you're with that all the time. It's like a marriage. You know, anyone that's been married or been in a relationship and you're no longer with that person, if you've been with that person for a length of time, you know their habits. You know pretty much what they like for breakfast. You know how much they're going to eat. As soon as they finish eating, where they're going to go. So you know their whole story. So, yes, I do believe that there are some benefits of uh, Baker Mayfield being in that system. Uh, Because let's remember, uh, when he did come there, he was the guy. He was the guy that they thought would take them to the promised land. So, of course, you're going to give this guy any and everything you know. And he knows the personnel. He knows pretty much everything. So, yeah, I do think it is a benefit to have someone on your team going against someone that that person is familiar with. Uh, So, yes, I think that's a big advantage for uh, Carolina. But still, at the end of the day, you still have to play the game on the field. You can know that the sweep, the tall sweep is coming, but you still got to stop it. You're a man of character. Cleveland Browns uh, got rid of uh, Baker Mayfield, kind of a diva personality, I guess, whatever. I wouldn't be the first quarterback to have a diva personality. I don't know him. That's just what's said. But... His replacement, Deshaun Watson, can't play till game 11 now for the alleged incidents with massage therapists. How do you feel as a man of character, uh, you know, guy getting paid all that money and, and, and everything around the Deshaun Watson thing? Well, I am not the one to expound on, you know, situations that don't involve me. All I can do is speak about myself. But uh, I will say this. We all have fallen short and done something that we're not proud of. It's just that it has not come out. The public don't know about it, but that's why they call it skeletons in the closet. And I also believe this, that it takes two to tangle. Um, I can't steal groceries from you if you don't have groceries to steal. So, Mm. again, uh, situations where uh, it's a group of people or two people, if something happens, then usually what happens, I believe, there's a disagreement along the way. There was an initial agreement to, okay, hey, let's do this or let's do that. But then somewhere down the rabbit hole, as they would say, somebody got offended. Somebody got disappointed because the expectation in the beginning did not turn out the way it's supposed to be in the middle. So now you get mad. Now that's when you want to, you know, say whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we all hope that everyone could do the right thing, uh, but we're not perfect. We can all strive for excellence. So I just hope all those involved uh, learn from it, uh, whether it's the shun or whether it's the lawyers, whether it's the uh, the, the, the massage therapists, uh, the teams. Learn from it because 
This is something that will repeat itself if we don't learn from it now. If we learn from it now, we can kind of minimize the future effects of a situation like this happening again. Tyrone Poole, that's very well put. I like that. Then I can see why you're a motivational speaker and such, and we'll wrap up the interview with that in a second. But let me ask you, Thursday night football, they open the season. The Super Bowl champion Rams against the team everybody's picking to win a Super Bowl, the Buffalo Bills. Is that a preview of our Super Bowl? Who do you got? Oh, man, that one is good one. That's a good one. You know, don't leave out the Chargers. Yes, that's my team. That's my team, Tyrone. Yes. <laughs> so, hey, the Bolts, the Bolts, uh, as long as they wear that powder blue, I love that. Yes, blue. that's but, the best uh, uniform in sports, is it not? I think it is. Yeah, it is, man. You know, the Bills, the Bills are hungry. I think Thursday night's game, since they're on the road, this is really going to be the tail of the tape for the Buffalo Bills season. Because they're not only are they playing a real good team, they're playing last year's champion. So this is where a team who's trying to get to the pinnacle, said, a head coach says to his team, today we get an opportunity to see if we are a championship team. We are playing the champion. So it's going to be a barn, a barn burner, like they say. Uh, but I got to go with the Buffalo Bills. I, 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 I just think the Buffalo Bills should have been in the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost the game to Kansas City. I think this is their year, and I think Thursday is going to be the defining moment of respect for the Buffalo Bills. They are already ranked number one in the power rankings for some, you know, those that go through the power rankings. The Buffalo Bills are on the top, so hopefully it holds up. As we know, Buffalo would go on to beat L.A. last night, uh, 31-10. to 10. That was our Sports Cage Rewind with two-time Super Bowl champion Tyrone Poole. Right now, Montreal leads, or check that, B.C. leads Montreal 3-2. The Owls just got a safety, though, sacking Antonio Pipkin in the end zone. When we come back, we'll hear from the Riders' special teams demon, Jaden Dalkey, the former U of A Golden Bear. This is the Sports Cage for, for Nelson Holmes on 620 CK. Conditions apply. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. Live from Winnipeg, Manitoba, getting set for the Labor Day rematch tomorrow. We don't call it by that B word anymore. That's a swear word around here. And no, not the one in place of a female dog. The other one is a thing Troy Westwood came up with. We call it the Labor Day rematch, not the B-Bowl, as it were. Hopefully we win that thing tomorrow and smash it. One of the guys that can help us is Jaden Dalkey. Our own Blaine Wyland caught up with him uh, before we came here. Over the last three weeks, you've had uh, five special team tackles yourself. Uh, has there been any reason why do you think you've been successful over the last couple weeks? Uh, just getting comfortable playing with the guys around me and getting the opportunity to be on all the specials has definitely helped and uh, Game's just starting to slow down a little bit, as you'd expect, two-thirds of the way through the season. As a unit, uh, how come, why do you think you guys have improved over in terms of coverage over this last, uh, you know, couple of months? Yeah, just understanding um, guys' different strengths and just tendencies definitely helps with uh, our, our rules and coverage. And, uh, yeah, I think we've just become more of, like, a cohesive unit in that regard, just being able to distribute out the box and punt and uh, just work together while we're moving down as a wall on kickoff. 
Um, in terms of uh, practicing, how hard has it been in terms of practicing with the special teams guys, especially with the you know rotating roster with guys in and out of the lineup? Uh, I think it's been I think it's been uh, relatively easy to maintain. Um, we've had a lot of the core guys still on all the special teams, and then even gain uh, gain a couple on the on the back end in the up backs area and everything like that has been helpful in communication wise. So communication has just gone up throughout the weeks. Special teams that's something you guys spend a lot of time practicing. Obviously, with a head coach with a special teams background, I imagine that is. Uh, it's a definite heavy emphasis. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, more special teams focused than any other team I've been a part of. For yourself during the season, how do you think you've handled things so far? I think there's always room for improvement, but uh, overall I'm, I'm pretty happy with how this first year in the CFL is going for me personally. Um, but I'm just looking to get better. And you talked about earlier, but maybe talk about a little bit more about how the game has been slowing down for you this season. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, I think it's a confidence thing for me once I'm able to get out of my head. Uh, maybe I'll just play a little bit faster and then the game seems to move around me slower. Tough loss this last, this past week against uh, Winnipeg on Sunday. Had an extra day off. Is that a situation you like to unplug yourself from the world and, you know, try to ignore everything but football or do you try to, you have football in the back of your mind after a loss like that? Well, for me personally, I had, uh, I had all my family come up for the game and then they all stayed. So having an extra day off, uh, it was, it was great uh, to, be able to reset and be able to hang out with them and um, show them around Regina for a little bit, but I definitely uh, can't get football off topic whenever uh, it's whenever my family's around because that's what they want to talk about as well. So, yeah. What's kind of the vibe uh, heading back into this uh, to the locker room this week after a tough loss, and you guys got uh, Winnipeg again this week? Just focusing on us throughout the week and uh, go bully the bully has been the has been the vibe. Um, in terms of yourself for the rest of the season, any personal goals you got for yourself along the way? Well, if I got five in the last few weeks, hopefully get six or seven in the next few. <laughs> Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk, this is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Michael Ball bringing you the show. Thanks to my great producer, Colson Schultz, who's summoned in for Sean Kleisinger. We'll be in the big chair tomorrow as we have our pregame show starting at 12 kickoff just after 3 here from IG Field. Tonight we've got Rams football on the dial. Starts at 6.45 with the pregame show with Daniela Ponticelli and the head of football Saskatchewan, a former Ram in his own right, Mike Thomas. And uh, they'll bring you the Rams and the Dinos. We're your, we're your voice of football and we heard from Dante DeCaria earlier on the show. Hockey, too. We are your source for sports, 620 CKRM. Right now, VA's in the game. Big play VA went down on the sack. Nick Usher's former Alouette teammate sacks him. Montreal leads BC 8-3. to three. Before the show's done, we'll hear from Mark Stephen, the voice of the Calgary Stampeders, getting set for their Labor Day rematch in Edmonton. They won a tight game, 26-18, over the Edmonton Elks at McMahon Stadium. All right, so... um Coming up next weekend, we've got football weekend in Saskatchewan, and we're going to hear from Scott McCauley in a second. But I want to go through the depth charts here, okay, uh, or the depth chart for the Rough Riders. Uh, on defense, 
championship-like defense. How will they replace Garrett Marino? Well, here's how they're going to do it. They're going to put Miles Brown as the starting D tackle, former Cardinal, along with uh, Tennessee Titan. He will be in the interior of the defense, along with Demarcus Christmas, backed up by Charbel DeBeer. The ends are Pete Robertson and A.C. Leonard. We've also got A.J. Allen, linebacker slash D-end, and Charleston Hughes listed there. The middle linebackers, Darnell Sankey, flanked by Larry Dean and Derek Moncrief, as you know. Bringy, Gary Johnson Jr., Jaden Dalkey, who you heard from, and uh, Justin Herdman-Reed, or check that, Jordan Herdman-Reed, are the backups, rode up in the elevator with the Winnipeg native uh, Herdman-Reed. His brother, um, Justin, is out of the lineup. The corners are Marshall and Henderson. Uh, backed up by LaCombo, the halves are Jeremy Clark and Roland Milligan, who's been outstanding, and the free safety, the graybeard, the veteran, might get him. Offense is where it gets interesting. The center is Logan Bandy. The right guard is Evan Johnson, who's been up and down this year in that spot. The left guard is Josiah St. John, because Logan Furlan, who is on the plane, can't play. His back seized up. He's made the trip probably to help out and kind of be a coach and an extra set of eyes in the offensive uh, line there on the sidelines. But Josiah St. John gets the start at left guard. The left tackle is Andrew Lauderdale. The right tackle making his first ever CFL start is Cooper Richardson. He's been on the PR the whole year. He's backed up by Jamal Campbell. They've got quite a uh, quite a challenge up front there against a very good Winnipeg Blue Bomber defense, especially on the D-line with Sales and Thomas in the interior, Jeff Coat and Jefferson on the outside. The receivers are Evans and Schaefer-Baker at wideout. Justin McKinnis is back in. Braden Lenius and Kyron Moore. The running back is Frankie Hickson. The quarterback, Cody Fajardo. Takawachi LaBelle also dressing. Tevin Jones is dressing as a backup receiver, as is Sam Emily. So Mitch Pickton is off the roster. So there you go. There's your depth chart. We'll get it more into it in the pregame show and the game, of course, tomorrow. Riders and Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But I did mention we got football weekend in Saskatchewan. It's part of the three games next weekend at Mosaic Stadium. It is going to be the Thunder and the Hilltops. They play the First half of the home-and-home home tomorrow in Saskatoon. It's time to catch up now on the Western Pizza Hotline with Scott McCauley. Joined by the head coach of the Regina Thunder, Scott McCauley. Watched your two kids play yesterday in high school football. I think what Winston Knoll lost to Miller in a tight one. Looks like the Wolverines got a pretty good team this year. Yeah, I know they're excited about the, the upcoming season, and, and I popped, popped the, the first half, and they got some big guys, and they look like they're, they're ready to ball out. But bottom line is that they're going to get a little bit more playing experience, and we'll see what happens. So your uh, son's, what, grade 12 now already? No, they're in grade 11. Grade 11. They're back and they yeah. love the game. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I wonder where they get that from, uh, Matthew and Chase. Um, that, where do they get the hair from, Mom? <laughs> well, I heard their old man used to have uh, a little bit of... Uh, Head of hair back in the day as well. Yeah, before it went all gray and no. Hey, how, how tough is it to be a dad of two kids that are playing football and you can only stick around for one half because you got another job to do, coaching a bunch of surrogate sons, as it were. Yeah, I mean, there's sometimes in life you kind of regret some of the things that you're missing out on, but I know, like, uh, you know, we've, we've grown up this way for the last. The last ever since they were born, right? So it's sort of just the way that we kind of do things. And, you know, I got access to the huddle account and could watch the games afterwards anyway. So it's uh, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, so um, 
as you uh, look at your football team here, the Regina Thunder, getting ready to play the Saskatoon Hilltops. That never gets old, does it? So what do you got to do to uh, to go in there and get the victory to uh, get uh, get off on the right foot in this home-and-home? Home? Well, it's going to be interesting. If, if you know the answer, let me know. Uh, they're never easy to play, but uh, you know, I think for us to be successful this upcoming, this upcoming weekend, like our guys just need to do their job. You know, it's trying to get in big-time games and everybody tries to – do more than what 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 they need to do, and uh, then all of a sudden it becomes other gaps that are created along the way. So I feel strongly that if our guys are uh, completely focused and uh, they're willing and, and only do their jobs and rely on the other guys to do their jobs, then 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 good things can happen. And then you know the other thing too is both teams are cut from the same same cloth, right? They're going to be gritty. They're going to be tough. They're going to play the full sixty minutes. Our guys got to just be. Mentally and physically prepared to, to go to battle and know that there's going to be some highs, um, there's going to be some lows, and we just got to make sure that when we get into those lows, we continue to uh, stay the course and, and do our job. This football team, yours, is undefeated. They lost to the Winnipeg Rifles. Is it because the Hilltops are having a bit of a, maybe not as strong year as they normally have, or the Rifles coming up here, man? I think that, well, one, the Rifles team is a lot better than what anybody sort of anticipated. And I think uh, the rifles just happen to be in some, some good situations that they could get some points and, and move forward with that. So, you know, like watching the, the film, you know, the Dustin's got a great, strong team. they got a veteran team. they got a great coaching staff. And, I mean, at the end of the day, they can look terrible on film. And we know when we get out there, they're going to be wearing the rock and roll and no game's ever going to be easy. So there's been years I've, you know, I'm going, hey, they're pretty young. Like, they're not going to be as good. And then they win a national championship. So, yeah. you know, kudos to the coaching staff. It's never, it's never easy, no matter what. A yeah, lot of lot of time and effort's been put into this football team, both on and off the field. Is the pressure on Scott McCauley and his staff to win a second national championship? It's been a, you know, it happened to you early on in your career as head coach, but it's been a long stretch here now. Yeah, well, nobody puts more pressure on themselves than me. So I'm not really too concerned about anything else. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a while, and I think we've taken some really good, strong strides for just as an organization as a whole. You know, like we're more financially viable, and we're able to provide you know the proper services to our players in regards to academics and scholarships, but more importantly, the training, right? That level ten and and partnering up with them, and also you know we created this. Uh, you know, food supply for the guys too. If they're racing from work and don't have a time to eat a proper meal, like we just done things the right way. And I think that's sort of led to some of their success recently. And we just uh, made my my life a hell of a lot easier and concentrate on, on on football. So I think we have a good strong coaching staff. I think we got some great plans in place. And you know what? Well, I, I, I'm feeling confident that we're gonna have a good. Time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to Winnipeg, Manitoba. Live on the road. Last week we were in Lincoln, Nebraska. Today we're in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And uh, we're getting ready for the uh, big game between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. There's another Labor Day rematch out west here. It is the... Calgary Stampeders against the Edmonton Elks. And let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. And uh, we're talking with the great voice of the Calgary Stampeders, Mark Stephen. How are you today, Mark? Oh, good. Just looking forward to the game and be glad we're done with Edmonton. Fourth meeting of the year with Edmonton, so I've seen all we need to see of them. But that's the way the schedule was drawn up, right? 
Isn't that crazy, Mark? We've I think we've talked about this maybe on on your radio program. Like, why we've got nine teams, which is bad enough. We'd love to get a tenth. Okay, we're not the NFL. We know that, but we've got nine teams, and we like look at Hamilton and and Toronto, for instance. It absolutely, in my opinion, spoiled the Labor Day Classic because it was their fourth meeting in the last five games. Yeah, that one I agree with totally. As far as, you know, you're right, there's a limited choice of opponents in that, but, uh, you know, just do maybe a better job of spreading them out a little bit. But uh, I guess that's the way it's going to be. Uh, you know, the Stampeders don't travel to Montreal this year, nor does Ottawa come to Calgary. So I guess those are the games they make up playing a couple extra against the Elks. So that's the way it is, and we'll just get ready for uh, the game tomorrow. Yeah, so we're watching this game. I'm watching this. A Montreal-BC game. Alouette's knocking on the door. Up 8-3. to three. Vernon Adams is in the football game. What do you think of that trade, Vernon Adams? Does that give the BC Lions a a, a shot to uh, still make some noise in the West? Or do you think it's kind of uh, you know a, a round peg into a square hole type of thing in terms of an offensive fit? Oh, no, I think it's a tremendous move because, uh, you know, I know uh, Rourke, and deservedly so, has hogged a lot of the headlines, but take uh, him out of the mix. They've got a tremendous uh, group of receivers. I think they've got a defense that gets very little credit. So I think they've got a really good team, and I think they think they can win it all, and I'm with them. I think they can. But if they have a huge drop-off at quarterback, they won't be able to do it. I'm not saying they're going to win it or anything, but I do think it keeps them in the conversation. So, you know, I think it was a very good trade, very necessary trade. It wasn't working out for Adams in Montreal. So, no, I think it was a very good trade and a trade made under a bit of duress, but uh, overall, I think it was a good trade. All right, Mark Steven, uh, I thought the uh, Stamps would run away with that one. I know I know. Uh, you throw the records out the window when it's the Labor Day game, Riders, Bombers, Elks, slash Eskimos, and Stamps, but I'll tell you what, I thought that would be a runaway. Uh, Edmonton hung in there. Good job by Jake uh, Mayer to uh, weather the storm, so to speak. Yeah, it was a good game. You know, Edmonton did play pretty well, but as has been so often the case this year, they get in their own way with uh, needless penalties and uh, terribly timed turnovers. And the one thing the Stampeders have done well all season is when teams turn the ball over, they pay. They're number one in points off of turnovers, and uh, the reverse of that is uh, when they give up the ball, they haven't had that much damage. So it's really worked out the turnover battle very much in their favor, and Edmonton found that out on Monday. I thought Edmonton's defensive line was really good and I thought Cornelius was good, maybe not great, but that little guy Brown came in, 96 total yards offense, so uh, Edmonton showed they've got something there, but clearly they missed their uh, two top receivers who are on the sidelines. Lawler's out, uh, Arsenault's out, and uh, that clearly hurt their uh, offensive thrust. So what's the vibe like in Calgary now? Is this Jake Mayer's team? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is his team now. It's, uh, but Bo Levi Mitchell will play, but uh, they're going to go with uh, Jake Mayer, you know, for the uh, uh, foreseeable future, likely for the rest of the season, unless something happens. But Bo Levi Mitchell's there, and he just touched on quarterbacking depth. Well, I think the Stampeders have uh, probably the best in the league right now with those two guys uh, ready to go at a moment's notice when uh, circumstances dictate. Yeah, for sure. So um, you're betting, man, this is the end of the line, do you think, for Bo Levi Mitchell after this year in Calgary? 
That's a great question. It'll be a big question for the offseason. I mean, the, the pieces all add up, right, that he may end up somewhere else. Uh, his contract is expiring. Jake Mayer has a contract that he needs. Do they offer Mayer starters money, or does somebody else come in and offer him starters money? Uh, you know, they've got another quarterback, Tommy Stevens, here, who seems to be, uh, you know, ready to take the next step up. He's been on the field a bit in short-yarded situation, but it certainly adds up. Uh, I mean, if it is, I wouldn't be completely shocked him to fall off the table or anything like that because because uh, you can just see the pieces all aligning. You know, I love the Riders' one-two punch. I think they got a really good player in this Frankie Hickson kid, and of course Jamal Morrow was leading the league in all-purpose yards and uh, and of course rushing yards before he uh, went out with that hand surgery. But uh, you know, if it's not the Riders, then I think it's the Calgary Stampeders. With I I think one of the underrated stars in this league in Peyton Logan, and of course uh, Kadeem Carey, who I've always liked. Yeah, they've been chewing it up. Kadeem's been a little bit hurt this year, missed some games, but Logan is very explosive, uh, tremendous in the return game, and he spells a carry off in certain situations. But, no, it's a very good one-two punch, and if either of those are unable to play, they've got Diedrich Mills uh, waiting on the practice roster, who also has played very well. So, yeah, it is nice to have that depth, and, you know, we're getting into the stretch drive. Tomorrow is the 12th game for the Stampeders, which means just the six remaining, so they're getting down to crunch time, and uh, they need depth and it'll be tested, and uh, I'd say at the running back spot, they've got a lot. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Mark, uh, I'm watching the Philpot boys, and I knew they were good in Calgary, obviously. They didn't overwhelm anybody with their combine numbers or their one-on-ones when I watched, uh, so <clears throat> I'm a little surprised they're doing, excuse me, doing as well as they're doing. Um, what are the Stamps' thoughts on, on the one Philpot boy you have there? Well, they, they love him. They, they think he's tremendous, and uh, their only thing uh, is he's got to stay healthy. He's uh, made three trips to the injury list uh, so far this season, but no, they love him. He's uh, a guy that they're going to build around, and uh, he's very fast, very efficient, so uh, yeah, no doubt about it. He's going to be a guy that's a quarter piece going forward, but no, they love him. He's a guy that they clearly had their eye on, so they only had to look out their office window to see how he was doing, so they liked him from uh, a long time ago, and I'm not the slightest uh, that they surprised that they signed him and drafted him and he'll be a big part of things going forward i don't know how much you follow dino football but uh, how surprised are you that logan bandy's been a mainstay here at center for the saskatchewan rough riders yeah, I follow it quite a bit. Uh, you know, maybe a bit. Uh, he probably was thrown in a little earlier than he expected to be or wanted to be, and he's certainly getting a test there. But, uh, you know, the University of Calgary is offensive line U, so I guess uh, at some levels I'm not surprised that he's been uh, a tapped to fill the void, uh, at least for the short term, with Clark out. So, you know, good for him. There's a lot of them around, offensive linemen, and uh, Saskatchewan's got one as well. Mark, thanks for your time, man. we got to be rolling because we're coming up on the Dinos and the Rams broadcast here on 620 CKRM. Have yourself a good game in Edmonton. Yep, sounds good. Uh, see how that game comes out. Dinos coming off a rough one, so maybe it's time to take it out on somebody. So we'll wait to see, right? <laughs> well, hopefully we, hopefully we can wait a week on that. Thanks to Mark Steven for joining <laughs> okay. us. Take care, buddy, on the uh, Western Pizza Hotline. Yep. Yeah, thank you. That'll do it for our time. And if you missed any of the show, you can check it out courtesy uh, on uh, our podcast brought to you by Spreads.ca. Coming up in a little bit, we'll say about 15 minutes time, we've got Daniela Ponticelli and former Regina Ram and current head of football Saskatchewan, Mike Thomas, bringing you the action. The University of Regina Rams at 1-0 taking on the 0-1 UFC Dinos. We appreciate your time listening to this show. Tell all your friends if you 
Uh, listen to our podcast. Please like and uh, give us a review and share it. And we will be here tomorrow for a, a 12 p.m. pregame show. Daniela Ponticelli, Wes Cates, and a special guest is Don Hewitt is going south to watch the uh, Minnesota Vikings. He's always wanted to see Minnesota Green Bay play, so he's going to watch that game. His Vikings against Sean Kleisinger's Packers. And so uh, he'll be replaced by... Canadian Hall of Famer, Canadian Football Hall of Famer Nick Lewis will join us along with Wes Cates and Daniela Ponticelli. Uh, and then we'll have the uh, kickoff at 3 o'clock here from Investors Group Field. For my producer, Colson Schultz, all the great guests we had here, and you, the fine Sports Cage shareholders, I'm Michael Ball saying so long from Winnipeg. Talk to you tomorrow. Today's Sports Cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.